I mean, this, you know, this, this may be a bit crude, but I mean, I don't know no other way to say it. Uh, I want to talk about um, booty calls. Good evening, good evening, good evening. I hope everybody is doing well today. I am so excited to be able to talk with you for a few minutes tonight. Um, hopefully everybody is getting the alerts and uh, hopefully you're able to make it in. Um, I had something on my mind that uh, is really in response to a number of um, messages that I've gotten through my website um, through email, uh, I'm always getting, you know, I'm always getting this question or questions like it. And it kind of goes something like this, you know, um, and I want you to hear me, I need you to hear me. Now, this is going to be, um, a real dose of need for medicine tonight. And I want you to really take the ride with me tonight for a few minutes. But it kind of goes like this. Here's, here's how the, the storyline goes. This person is beating me. This person is, is stolen my money. This person um, is, a, is a horrible individual. This person cheats on me. This person doesn't want a job. This person does not practice hygiene, good hygiene, but I don't know how to leave. I don't know how to leave him, or in some cases, I don't know how to leave her. Brothers are going through this as much as sisters these days. Well, a lot of brothers, not as much, but a lot. And so what do I do? Now, you just, you just gave me a laundry list of characteristics that would be equivalent to um, Freddy Krueger. And then you, okay, beat me, cheating on me, gave me STDs, doesn't want a job, doesn't practice good um, hygiene, um, taking all my money, the list goes on. But I still, I, I, I love him, I don't know how to leave. I don't know how to, I don't know how to uh, not include this person in my life. Tell me what to do. And many days I sit there, I really do, I sit there um, in front of that computer and I actually have to put a star by, by the message because I just don't know how to answer that without coming across like I'm, um, you know, less than empathetic or that I have no feelings. Is because there are times that um, we are giving our ourselves the answer. 
So I was sitting and I was thinking about this. And this is what I came up with. You will never break a soul tie until you uh, experience one or all of these five things. Probably a combination of all of them, actually. You see, you, you do not break a soul tie. You do not break a soul tie by mistake. It will always require intentionality. You have to be intentional about breaking a soul tie. And if if one part of you, and we're going to get into why you have this confusion in you, but if one part of you identifies that this person is the spawn of Satan, then another part of you says, but I, I, I don't know how to not include them in my life. And then you say, well, tell me what to do. Um, the, the consistency and the potency of your intentionality is not present. You, you do not break a soul tie by mistake. You, you ha- it always requires you being intentional. Why is that? Why is that? It's because the spirit behind the bind, the thing that binds you to this individual the tie is intentionally in place to drain the life from you. Satan, Satan does not tie your life up with someone that is not ordained for your life by mistake. It's done on purpose. It's done intentionally. And so if you're going to break this thing, you're going to have to become, you're going to have to become intentional. Thank you, Dwight. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 17. It says, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. But now watch this. Who's responsible to come out? Who is responsible? I'm asking you. We're in English class about the fifth grade. In the sentence, who's responsible to come out? Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Who's responsible to separate? And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Who's responsible to not touch? See, there there are a lot of times you're praying for God to do for you what you must do for yourself. So watch this. Number one of the five. Number one of the five. You're never going to break this soul tie until you, watch this, hit rock bottom. You keep playing with this thing. You keep playing with this individual. You keep letting this person in and out of your life. And this person keeps coming back into your life and doing more damage than the last, more, more damage this time than he or she did the last time. And you keep playing, you keep playing, your, your people see it, your family sees it, everybody around you sees it, but you keep on playing with this individual and they keep on taking you for a ride and it's like nothing is sinking in. It's like, it's like, it's almost like you, you are becoming uh, defined by victimization. 
It's like it's like you now find your identity in being a full time professional victim of a person that never even deserved a conversation with you. And it's not going to change until you hit rock bottom. So all of the conversations and all of the teaching and all of that kind of stuff is not going to really serve you until you hit rock bottom. Now, rock bottom place that is as low as you can go. It's the place where, watch this, rock bottom in our lives is the place where certain things die. See, when you hit rock bottom, listen to me very well now. This is not going to be a nice one tonight. When you hit rock bottom, all of that lust that's driving this bond or this connection you have to this person, that lust ain't going to matter. When you, when, you, when you hit rock bottom and you have nothing else to lose, you have nothing more to give, um, that lust that you have, that, that you're you calling it love and, you know, I don't know why I love them. It's not love, it's lust. When you hit rock bottom, all of that codependency that you're becoming addicted to, you know, got somebody stuck in your life that doesn't deserve you but uh, needs you, and you just there, you, you, you're draining all the life out of you trying to pour life into them. When you hit rock bottom, none of that's going to matter. When you hit rock bottom, pride is not going to matter because some of you all are hung up in these relationships because of your pride, because you don't want you don't want to look like you failed. I'm going to say it one more time. You don't want to look like you failed. So you you hanging on to something because of pride. Pride has blinded your mind. And, you know, some people get get a little peeved with me when when I talk like this. But quite honestly, sometimes it's got to just come straight. How many conversations you going to have? How many how many counseling sessions you going to need when you can sit down and you can write out a whole list of, of things that's almost prison worthy of an individual and then say, I don't know how to leave them. Come on, man. There's a boy that we know as the prodigal son. And he hit rock bottom. He was flying high, you know, told his father, I, I don't want to be in your house. Uh, I, I think I want to go and um, do my own thing. And his father said, OK, cool. Gave him some money. And the Bible says in Luke 15, verses 14 through 18, it says, and when he had spent all <laughs> There arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. He's sinking now. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the hogs. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. He's getting lower and lower now. Watch this. He in the hog pen. He's a rich boy. He's broke. He's in the hog pen eating the same stuff that the pigs eating, eating. And the Bible said, it says, and when he came to himself, 
He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. The Bible says when the boy hit rock bottom, he came to himself. Now, this may sound like a weird prayer. This may sound like a weird prayer, but I'm going to pray this prayer for you tonight. My prayer for you is that you hit rock bottom sooner than later. That's my prayer for you. That you stop playing this game with your soul, stop playing this game with your life, and that the Lord bring you to the end of this foolishness sooner than later, and that you just like the prodigal son will come to yourself. That's my prayer. That's going to be my prayer for you tonight. I'm speaking that, and I'm praying that over your life tonight. Those of you that are playing around in these soul tie relationships that are not ordained of God were built on a foundation of ungodliness has done nothing but drain you and beat you up from your head to your feet. And you still there talking about, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to get them out of my life. You got to hit rock bottom. You got to hit rock bottom. You got, you got to hit rock bottom. It's amazing to me how many uh, people say, you know, I can't stop smoking. And I know I got some smokers on it. I'm not, and, I'm, and I'm not judging you. But here's the truth. Same people that tell me I can't stop smoking. When they get lung cancer, they're in the hospital, they stop smoking. Sometimes you got to hit rock bottom. And that's my prayer for you. You're playing around with this. You're keeping doors and windows open for this person to keep coming in and out of your life. And every time you put a demon out and that demon comes back, it brings buddies and the bond gets stronger. And so my prayer for you is that you will hit rock bottom. That's my prayer for you. That you will come to an end of yourself and that you will have no more to give. So there will be nothing more for this person to take. And that you will will finally wake up. And the Bible says in Psalms 119 and 71, it is good for me. Listen to this, that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. See, you're going to learn some stuff at rock bottom that you never will will learn on the mountain peak. You're going to learn some stuff that God's been trying to teach you when you are at rock bottom that you never will or never would have learned on the mountain peak. And my prayer for you tonight is that the spirit of God will allow you to come to an end of yourself and to an end of this foolishness that you're carrying on because you're playing with your destiny. You're playing with your life. And some of you that are caught up in these soul ties, you're even endangering your children. And you're going to tell me you don't you don't know you don't know how to walk away from you're going to give me that whole list. And you're going to tell me you don't know how to put this kind of situation out of your life. That's like me looking at a fire breakout in this room. And I'm talking about I, I don't know how to I don't know how I'm going to leave my house. I know how I'm leaving it by any means necessary. And I may go out the street and cry and watch it burn, but I'm getting out. I'm getting out. 
I'm not going to burn up in this house. When I'm looking at the flames coming down through the ceiling and all that, now you mean tell me I got a way of escaping. I'm not going to take it. I don't know how to leave it by any means necessary. Number two, watch this. These five things. Number one, you ain't gonna break this old tie until you hit rock bottom. Number two, you're gonna have to, listen to this very carefully. You're going to have to integrate your spirit, your soul, and your body. Now, what does it mean to integrate? To integrate means to combine one thing with another so that they become a whole. In other words, you will have to be in harmony. You're going to have to become, come to a place rather where you are in harmony with yourself. You see, because right now with this soul tie situation you have going on, um, that you're a ball of confusion. You, one part of you has one opinion. Another part of you has another. And then, you know, there's another part of you that's just trying to figure out which one going to win the argument. And that's the one I'm going to lean to. Your spirit is saying one thing. Your spirit is saying this situation is not from God. This is from the devil. Your soul, your mind, your will and your emotions are saying, eh, but I'm comfortable. I'm familiar. Eh, I think I can change this person. I, I think I can love them enough to teach them how to love me back. And your spirit is saying, uh-uh, no, no, this is, this is of the devil. Your soul is saying, but I, you know, the sex is great. I don't know. I can't, I can't, turn, I can't turn the sex loose. I, I didn't put this all over Instagram. I, got to, I, I, I can't be embarrassed in front, in front of my church for I can't be embarrassed in front of my family and my friends. I got to make this work. And your body's just sitting there looking. Your body's saying, we going or we not? We going? Your soul saying, yeah, we going, we going. Your spirit saying, no, we ain't going. Your body saying, what we going to do? What we going to do? There's no integration. There's no harmony within you. There's confusion in you. Thank you. There's confusion in you. And there has to be an integration, a bringing together, a oneness made between your spirit your soul, and your body. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. Now may the God of peace sanctify, God of peace himself sanctify you. Sanctify you, set you apart. That's what it means. Through and through, that is, separate you from profane and vulgar things. Make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But notice he's talking about the integration of the spirit, the soul, and the body. So what's going on right now, are you listening to me? What's going on right now is that there's a part of you that's working against your best interest. Right now, you're your own worst enemy. It's not even the individual. You, you are your own worst enemy. You are, you are, the, you are, the, other, you are the soul type 
the soul ties. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Accomplice. I guess that's the word. That's the word I just threw in there. You work and fall. You don't even realize it, but a part of you is working for the individual that God did not put in your life. A part of you is working for the individual that Satan has set up in your life. Because there's no integration between your spirit, your soul, and your body. Supply, that's a good word. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 6, and 7. It says, for this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, all kinds of lusts. Watch this. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge, come to the knowledge of the truth. You have a head full of knowledge, but you can't really embrace it because there's a part of you that's not in agreement yet. You'd read all my books. You got the online program. You ain't did nothing with it. But sat there and said, you right, you right, you right, you right. And you have not made a decision to integrate your soul, which means what? Crucifying your own will to the will of God that is that is burning in your spirit. And whatever's coming out of your spirit, let it flow over into your soul and let your soul direct your body. Right now, your flesh is confused. That's why every time you, uh, you know, you get these thoughts, you running over to this person's place, all out of order, all out of divine order. It's just, it's just ridiculous because there's no integration. And see, this is not taught. We teach religion in these churches, but we're not teaching people how to be spiritual. If you're gonna really live a spiritual life. You're going to have to integrate your spiritual soul in your body and your spirit is going to have to be the boss. Your emotions can no longer run the show. Emotions are too in and out, up and down, hot and cold, fickle, too much. Your spirit is going to have to run the show. When your spirit runs the show, now you're in a position where you can say no to things that your soul can't figure out how to say no to or your body can't figure out how to say no to because there's a what there's an integration there's a oneness between your spirit your soul and your body right it comes out of my own testimony that's how God did it for me God elevated my spirit over my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions, and then all of that dictated my flesh, my body. So I brought my body under subjection because my spirit was over my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. And so when my spirit took over, then the, the, the peace of God, the holiness of God became a reality in my life. And the things that I could not do on my own, now because... I'm, I'm governed by things that are spiritual. Now I have power and authority. We use those terminologies in the church, but we don't know what that means. Power and authority is more than running around talking about hallelujah, hitting the B flat and all that, and people huckabucking and dancing and all that, and, and going home living like hell because they don't, have, they don't have an understanding, still in bondage. All right, number three. This brings me to number three. You're going to have to surrender 
to the Holy Spirit. If you would like more information or for other resources, please visit us on the web at rcblakes.com.